what's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you today about how to prepare for the potential and probably inevitable U.S. financial collapse. I, I feel like there's a good chance we will see it in our lifetime. Okay, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. And my goal is to be able to give you a calm, collected, reasonable plan to be able to continue to play the game of life at the highest standard. I'm not trying to get you scared. I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm not trying to sell you into gold or crypto at the end of this video. I'm just trying to give you a reasonable plan on how to prepare for something that we could very well likely see in our lifetime as well as the things that I'm doing to prepare for that potential scenario. So this applies to you whether you're American or not. Uh, if you have an online business, even if you're not American, like me, I'm a technically Canadian, I live in Thailand, but the bulk of my online business, 90% of my traffic comes from the US, 80% of my products are sold uh, to guys in the US. So the health of America very much affects me, even though I'm not American and I don't live in America. So here's the deal, okay? Uncle Sam is $19 trillion in the hole. $19 trillion with a T. That's today in 2018. And that's not getting worse. That's getting exp that's not getting better. That's getting exponentially worse. Um, okay, if you understand central banking, which is far beyond the scope of this video, your money is created... Uh, as debt out of thin air by a central bank. Um, there is it, no way out of that particular debt for a country, so that debt continues to expand. Um, since the Federal Reserve was established in America, you can look at the charts. I've got links in my article. The debt has continued to expand every single year, all right? Um, the, the debt to GDP ratio to service the debt in many countries is something like 40%, and that only continues. I mean, you'll look and there'll be renegotiations of loans and, and bankers will allow uh, concessions in terms for asked, you know, in exchange for assets and in exchange for worse payment plans over the future. Um, but they're not, they're not getting out of that debt. That's only going to go up. Um, and what's, what's keeping the U.S. afloat and, 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 and still strong is you know, stomping around the world to keep their petrodollar as the world reserve currency, as well as the voodoo economics they're using to keep the money supply up. I mean, people estimate inflation to be 3%. I think it's much higher now, probably like 5 or 7%, um, you know, doing all kinds of voodoo to, to, to keep that dollar up and to prop that stock, mar stock market up and buy up their own bonds and, and, and so forth. Okay, but that can't go on forever. All right, it, I hope it goes up. As a businessman, I hope I hope they keep doing it for the next 20 years. Morality aside, okay, I'm not saying that as a moral argument. I'm saying from a business perspective, I hope they keep just just injecting whatever they need to do and doing those voodoo spells and just whatever they need to do to just keep that party going for another 20 years. Um, because if and when that collapse haps and happens, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. Okay, um, you've also got a situation where. China has surpassed the U.S. in GDP. That's not the future. That's already happened. Uh, China is continuing to grow. China has not uh, expanded militarily around the world. I mean, within reason. They they have a ton of savings um, on, on personal levels. They do not live in um, consumer debt. They are... 
gearing up for a potential trade war with the U.S., which is not going to be good. And they are now hinting at the Petro one, uh, which is in response to that trade war. They're hinting at, at launching a Petro one, which is which is China's competition as as the world reserve currency, which is very, very not good for the U.S. If if China becomes a real competitor for the world reserve currency, that is a very bad situation. Uh, being the world's reserve currency, and you can look into the idea of the petrodollar, is half of what's keeping the U.S. afloat right now. Okay, If there is a real competitor for that, that is very, very not good. <laughs> as Mr. Trump would say. So the other thing to look out for is the stock market. If you can um, go back and look at the charts, I was a pro trader for, for my early 20s. Okay, I'll tell you the market crashes every decade. Uh, it's 2018 right now. We're due for another crash within the next couple of years. I'm, I'm pleading with my mom to sell all her mutual funds and all her stocks. Hopefully she'll listen. Uh, you know, crash on average, you're looking at like a 10 to 15% correction. Correction's a misnomer. Correction means that like it's supposed to go up and it corrected and it, it just went down. That's the reality of it. Um, hopefully that won't won't be the biblical one. Hopefully it will it will be propped back up um, at, at, at that point. But we don't know. Um, for me, I still, I'm an optimist. I still feel like we've got 15 or 20 years to go. It, it might not ha happen. They might, they might, they might get 40 or 50 years out of it just just with new ideas and new and and new voodoo spells to keep everyone uh, bamboozled and keep that dollar up um but i feel like i i i've been reading about this stuff for the last 15 years on all those fear-mongering sites they're like the crash is inevitable there's gonna be fema death camps and then you gotta buy gold and and for the last 15 years none of that's happened okay i think we got another 15 or 20 years I hope uh, could be more. Um, I'm definitely looking at that as as from an optimistic perspective. And if there is a crash, uh, I hope it's only as bad as the Great Depression. Okay, because it could be, it 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 could be biblical. All right, considering how everyone's tied into the economies. But again, it's not a certainty. Again, I think we've got another 15, 20 years, and I don't want to put fear into you guys. I don't want to be a fear monger. I know that. Some of you guys might be doing well financially. Some of you guys might not be, and you're just, it's enough of a struggle to just get financially secure. I don't want to add this on top of you. I'm just like, pay attention, and there's going to be moves to survive and thrive. Because, because again, as I keep telling you guys, you're a player in the game of life, and this is the reality. So how do we play past these obstacles and create the best situations for ourselves? okay? And that is devising a calm, rational, collected plan for playing the financial game for us for the next 30 or 40 years. And that, that's what I want to give you, okay? Um, if you want my full financial plan, which is not financial advice, it's just entertainment, check out my article on how to plan your financial future, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. All these links, by the way, are going to be in the, art, in this, the article version of this video at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. As well as check out my man Andrew Henderson at nomadcapitalist.com and his YouTube videos um, under the name Nomad Capitalist. He's a real expert on this stuff and um, he's probably the best guy out there as far as I'm concerned. So without further ado, I'm going to give you uh, a nine point entertainment only plan for uh, how I would theoretically prepare for 
the potential and probably inevitable US economic collapse. Number one, create the mind frame of surviving and thriving no matter what. The Chinese character for chaos is the, is the same character for opportunity. And that's something I, I remind myself a lot about. Okay, if, if there is a collapse, if it does happen, um, the first thing is, is like spend the next 20 years preparing for that in your mind. Um, but it also is going to be able to create opportunities for you. Okay. Um, by prep, I don't mean, uh, you know, giving into the fear mongers and throwing all your money into gold and crypto or, or, you know, becoming one of those hardcore preppers. I just mean like prepping your mind, like, okay, I'm going to survive no matter what. And how do I do this? How do I put the plan together? Uh, nothing in life is static. Nothing in life is, you know, hundred percent stable countries come and go countries rise and fall. I have that mindset. I will survive no matter what. The second move is thriving. Okay. How are you going to benefit? One example that I have is I'm already prepping an economic survival product. This is, this is sort of the base of, of an economic survival product that um, I'm going to plan to launch in the next three or four years to give you a full breakdown of, of how to prep for it. And then, you know, It'll analyze stuff like Venezuela and countries that have actually gone through it and, and what to do if the crash happens. Um, so that's one way that I'm going to thrive on it. There's, there there can be many ways for you to thrive on the idea, but it's something you're going to have to think about. Number two, and I, I tell you this a lot, guys, and it's material, it sounds materialistic, but this is, we live on an economic planet, okay? Number two is focus on getting rich and, and do it now. All right. Money is freedom. Money is options. Without money, you don't have options. All the options that I'm talking about in this video and this audio cost money. Okay. And the more money you have, the more freedom uh, you have, the more security you have, the better you are at surviving, the better you're going to be at thriving and, and the more options you're going to have to, to be able to enhance those areas. Okay. You want to get as much money as possible coming in as income and stashed away as savings before the you know what hits the fan. All right, I'm trying not to curse and demonetize this video, um, but this is the most important uh, point in this video. Get rich, focus on getting into the top 1%, which is $100,000 per year in income in the US. The more the better. Um, and 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 focus on reinvesting that in your business and, and, and stashing as much of that as you can. Okay, that is the absolute most important thing you can do and even better if you can get your business online where you have the opportunity of, of geo arbitrage like what I'm doing right now you can move to a cheaper country while maintaining the same arbitrage in that currency to a weaker one and, and enhancing your standard of living more on that in the next points number three is getting your banking right okay Got a link in the article to the safest banks in the world. The top 15 safest banks are in Germany, Switzerland, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Canada. It takes until 40 to get to the U.S. banks thanks to their more lax reserve ratios, the derivatives that they're selling, which are terrible. Don't ever buy a derivative. Don't buy these toxic derivatives. And um, just lack standards. For example, Singapore's never had a, a banking failure. Uh, Singapore is also home to the most millionaires per capita in the world. Okay. Times are not changing in the future. They've already changed. Okay. Singapore and Hong Kong were, were once, um, colonies of the United Kingdom. And so was the U S and the U S became the master and, and, uh, 
you know, helped Hong Kong and Singapore, and now Hong Kong and Singapore are becoming the master, and, and, that, and that's the way this game works. And that's already happened, guys, and, it, and that trend is going to continue to accelerate in the future. With that said, I know most of you guys live in the U.S. Most of you have U.S. bank accounts. I know going offshore is is complicated. Um, it's difficult. So first thing, if you're if you're using a U.S. bank, switch to the one that you would think would be most likely to survive. Okay, if you're in one of those tiny local banks, those are going to go under. Um, I would I would bet on something like Citibank or J.P. Morgan. Because, you know, even in a collapse, some it's not like every bank is going to go under. At least I hope not. Um, some of those banks will survive. It's going to be the biggest ones, most likely. Because the more, the more finances any company has, the more cash they have, the better chance of surviving any kind of uh, black swan event. The other thing is, those are going to be the ones that the banks are going to bail out, right? Those are going to be the ones that are most likely to get bailed out. Local regional bank in Philadelphia, regional bank XYZ is going to be is, is not going to be bailed out by the government. The bail go, the the government and crony capitalism are, are going to bail out their wealthy friends in the big banks. So I would put your money there. Um, you can look at other options as an American. My home country of Canada, TD Bank is number nine um, in terms of safety. They also have a U.S. arm, so you could get in with the U.S. arm of TD Bank and then actually open a Canadian bank account. Um, I don't know how Canada would survive in a U.S. economic collapse. I know they would take a hit as well, but I would bet on a bank like TD Canada, which is number nine in safety in the world of surviving. Like in Canada, we only have four banks um, and they're much, they're much safer than the American banks. Yes, you'll be tied to uh, Canada, which is tied to the U.S., but it's, it's much easier than, than to get established in Hong Kong or Singapore. If you are in Asia like I am, Hong Kong and Singapore are excellent, excellent options. Um, but they are much harder to, to get into today than they were 10 or 15 years ago. You need, you need cash. Uh, there's a legal process. There's guys that can help you with that, but, but it, is not, it is not easy. Um, from what I heard, it keeps getting harder every year. So, so you know that's something that has to be considered. Uh, I have my money in Thai accounts in Bangkok Bank, which is the biggest bank in, in, in Thailand. It's also the only bank that I believe that you can get set up with as an American right now. Um, but I'm looking more towards Malaysia. The Thai banks aren't super safe either, but the they are not tied to the U.S. economy as much as, say, a Canadian bank would be. Okay, I'm, so I, I'm probably going to move over into Malaysia, which I think has... The potential to be the next Singapore and to get in there and to get in there early. Number four, uh, getting offshore real estate. If you've watched my articles and videos on why you on real estate part one, why you shouldn't buy a house, or real estate part two, why you shouldn't invest in real estate, I still stand behind those articles. But in those articles and videos, I was specifically speaking about um, North American or real estate in Western countries. Right now in my home city of Toronto, a mediocre house that's like a 40-minute subway ride out of downtown Toronto costs you $750,000, okay? I mean, just the cost alone means you have to go into a good amount of debt to be able to pay for it. A um, number of other reasons, you can check out those videos and articles, links links in the article to this video. Um, you know, you've got the appreciation myth, which a lot of that is, is based on, if you take away... Um, 
inflation, that appreciation looks a lot worse. You know, locking yourself into debt. Um, there are guys who've made a lot of money in real estate. One of the guys that I recommend, I love Grant Cardone. He's made a ton of money in sales and sales training and, and invested that highly leveraged into real estate, buying um, uh, multifamily homes, spending every free minute, uh, looking at deals and, and understanding real estate. Uh, and and look, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't make a lot of money investing in real estate in, in North America, but for, for most of you guys who aren't million dollar earners, um, most of the guys that I know have invested in real estate became slaves to it and, and, and were struggling financially. Um, again, there's that higher level Grant Cardone option, but even Grant Cardone recommends not buying a home in the U.S. Like he rents his and all his, all the things that he owns are multifamily homes that earn him income. Okay. And then he rents, he rents his home and, and, and gets a tax credit for it. Okay, but but I'm not talking about North American real estate here, and I'm not talking about real estate as um, an appreciation or as as sort of a passive side business. I'm talking about offshore real estate as a financial security, as wealth protection for a potential economic collapse. Um, okay, like for me, I, I know that I'm going to get the bulk of my money the bulk of my appreciation from my business, which is incredibly hard, high margin and reinvesting my money in, into this business and reinvesting that into high margin side service-based businesses. Okay. But when I get my money out of the business, I want it to be somewhere that's, that's safe and stable and offshore real estate. Um, specifically I'm out here in Southeast Asia. Okay. Is, is something that's, tangible. It's not like gold or, or stocks. Like you can live in it, right? If you, if you buy a condo in Malaysia and you're, and you're in the U S and you're just getting some small rental income from it, you've, you've got that money protected over there. It's something tangible. And if you know what hits the fan, you can go and move and live there. Okay. You can't live in, in a gold bar. You can't live in a stock. You can't live on, you can't live in, in a cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, and it's a physical tangible thing. It's not some decimals in a computer somewhere. It's a real thing and you've got insurance uh, on it and, and you know, the government can't take that from you. Who, who knows what happens in a collapse if the internet goes down or, 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 you know, stocks or any of those things are, are, are much more at risk. The, the physical real estate isn't going anywhere. And as far as like offshore real estate goes, the, I mean, there would have to be an act of war between whatever country you invested in for the U S to be, to go over there and be able to take your real estate. Okay. Um, it's solid, tangible. You can live in it. If your finances take a hit and the government won't take it outside of an act of war. Also, the other thing is Southeast Asian real estate is way cheaper. And in some cases comes with residency. So in Malaysia, and don't quote me on this hundred percent, these are approximate numbers. Uh, there's something called a My Second Home Residency where if you drop 130K on a condo, which will get you a really nice condo in Kuala Lumpur, like really nice, that gets you, you know, um, multi-year multi residency, assuming you, you also put like 30 grand in a bank account. Um, and, and you can buy that without debt. You can buy a bomb-ass condo without going into any debt, okay? Assuming you can save that 130K as opposed to the three or 400 500, 600, 700 thousand dollars that you're looking at in, in a major city in, in the US or Canada. 
okay? Also, it, it gives you a currency bet over the next 40 years, okay? Like, I don't see how the Malaysian ringgit will not appreciate to the U.S. dollar over the next 40 years, to a declining U.S. dollar that's that's um, has way more inflation than, than is actually stated. I don't see how a developing economy that's that's increasing rapidly, how that currency will not appreciate. So you so you have that that condo investment, but you also get a natural currency play that comes with having that condo in in you know the Malaysian ringgit or the Thai baht or something along those lines. So. In summary on that is the main the main idea is not for appreciation the main idea is security in the in the event of a collapse cheapness that you can buy it without debt as well as the side benefits of of getting um a resident residency if that country has a program as well as a, a currency appreciation play against the us dollar number five protect your currency so if the us economy collapses you are probably not going to want the bulk of your of your cash in USD because the value of the the dollar will collapse. Um, in my opinion, you only have to look at Weimar Weimar Germany, which was Germany in the twenties prior to um, the rise of Hitler, where it was a situation of economic collapse and resulting in hyperinflation. So people were 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 taking their life savings in a wheelbarrow to go pay the rent because the currency was so inflated. Um, and inflation is to understand inflation. It is the bankers print more money and therefore, um, because money is less scarce, it becomes less valuable. That's what inflation is. That's why, that's why, you know, you've got your 3% or your 5% inflation a year because the governments are, are printing money and, and, and devaluing your storehouse of wealth every year. Uh, hyperinflation, you know, when you're in that 10, 20, 30% range, like that could happen in an economic collapse. It happened in Venezuela. It happened in, in subsequent economic collapses after after um, Weimar Germany. Uh, you 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 probably will not want your cash in sitting there in USD going into an economic collapse. Um, you know, you've got your crypto. You've got your gold, and yeah, I mean, I could see I could see money moving into those. I could see those appreciating. Um, but neither of those are currencies. Okay. I know a lot of you guys love crypto, but hear me out. Crypto is barely a currency right now. You can't go into even 7-Eleven and buy a chocolate bar in currency. You can buy steroids online with it. Okay. But, but like you can't buy a house, you can't buy a car, you can't buy all that much. Now that is very much sub, you know, subject to change. You could see crypto becoming accepted, but as of right now, it's not the 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 other thing with those um, with those investments when they're not currencies is that you're left gambling on appreciation. So Bitcoin was eighteen thousand, then it's down to fourteen thousand. That's your storehouse of wealth. Like a currency, you've got a, a relatively stable range. Like I have my I have money in Thai bot. I know that I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and lose twenty percent of my wealth in there. Right, it's in a very stable, relatively narrow range. Um, the currency, crypto especially, is not. Gold has a relatively stable range, but again, what what do people talk about when they get excited about gold or crypto? Okay, they talk about the price. All right, the price in U.S. dollars, the price in currency. That's what those things actually mean. Okay, that's what people get excited. Oh, Bitcoin's at ten thousand. Ten thousand what? Ten thousand U.S. dollars. 
That's what people care about. It's the dollars because that's what you can actually spend. You can't spend gold. You can't spend crypto except for a few places. You can't spend stocks. You can spend the actual currency. Okay. Um, and you know, in the future stores might take crypto, then, then that opens up a different possibility. And if crypto stabilizes into a range, like I don't like to gamble with my savings, I'm reinvesting into a business, but when I pull it out of my business, I'm not looking for mad appreciation in that I'm looking for 90% for, for wealth protection. That's why something stable, like an actual home, right? An actual offshore real estate in Southeast Asia, like even if the currency takes a hit, you have a home to live in. You can't live in your crypto. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you got to protect your currency. And if you, and even if you like stocks, I mean, stocks, the average appreciation for the S and P over the last hundred years in America is about eight percent. But but m most people, most mutual funds do far below that. A lot of mutual funds you lose money. Guys that pick into individual stocks do far below that. I mean. A lot of people lose money investing. The vast majority lose money in trading. Also, if you look at um, in Malaysia, HBC per, HSBC Premier gives you 8% on your money. They give you a top tier S&P return just for holding your money in a bank account. They used to do that in the 40s and 50s. Okay, but, but banking's become so corrupt that now you get like 0.03% on your savings because they just expect you to give you their money. Whereas developing countries will actually give you an incentive because they want your money, you know, and they want to treat you, uh, they want your business and, and they will fight for it. Okay. Um, so again, and that's assuming that, okay, if, if you have that 8% in the S&P, you know, or in the spiders or whatever, in an index fund, that's assuming that the next 100 years is going to be good as the last 100 years. The last 100 years in America were the most the hundred years of the most prosperous economic machine in the history of the world. I very highly doubt that America over the next hundred years is going to be able to match that. Okay. And you definitely don't want to be holding stocks going to collapse. So let I me mean, look at the chart of the great depression. So I'm saying protect your currency. If, if you're going into a collapse, your currency is not protected in, in, um, us dollars. Okay. If you have it in crypto or gold or right now, you can't spend that. Um, again, there's, it's more complicated than that. Check out my, my article on what I actually think where it's like a reasonable breakdown on, on crypto, but, um, like I'm just talking about a cure, pure currency protection play. Like if you're, if you're planning on moving to Malaysia or, or Thailand, putting some of your money into those currencies, I mean, it's hard for me to see how the ring, it won't appreciate, um, as Malaysia continues to grow to the U S dollar. That's very hard for me to see. Also, if the U.S. does collapse, I mean, you could see, an, or U.S. dollar collapse, you could see a spike in appreciation because the money has to go somewhere, okay? So that investing strategy is beyond the scope of this article and video. Check out my video on crypto. Check out my full financial plan to see all the options there, but I'm saying just have the idea of protecting your currency. It's not protected in, in um, U.S. dollars. It's not protected in U.S. stocks. Even U.S. real estate, we saw in 2008, you saw what that collapse looked like. Um, so, so consider that. Number six, consider moving. Okay, um, you know, you see a lot of these survivalist guys and these prepper guys, and and you know, they're they're quite scared. They're they're operating a lot on fear, a lot of aggression there. And uh, I'm not hating on those guys. 
okay, I get it. I get that, that a lot of those guys are patriots and they're bunkering down, but I really don't think that's your best move, okay? I think a lot of those guys haven't been out of the U.S. and they haven't considered the option of moving, okay? For me, I, I feel like you need to do what's best for, the, for your family and for yourself, okay? And if prepping for a collapse and, and planning to stay there through what you think is an economic collapse and getting guns and, and food supplies for two or three years when you could just move doesn't make sense to me, okay? I get that guys are patriotic. I get that, you know, they've been on that land for a while. But for me as a player in the game of life, I don't think that's the right move. I think um, if your economy collapses through, you know, your government's mismanagement of that economy, I don't think you owe it to that government. I don't think you owe the social contract to have to stay there and live through that. I think you you owe it to yourself and your family and your tribe of guys and your, you know, to get out before that stuff hits the fan. I think I think you have an obligation to do what's best for yourself and for your people. And if you know or you have a strong feeling that a collapse is coming, I, I don't think I don't think it's a smart move to to bunker down there. Um, and here's the truth, guys: nothing lasts forever. Okay. Toys R Us went bankrupt this year. I mean, big companies rise and fall continuously. All right, there's there's five or six massive companies right now that'll be out of business in 10 years. Many more. Uh, countries rise and fall, okay? You know, at one point, the Mongols were the biggest empire in Europe. Look at Mongolia now, okay? The same Turks, the Ottoman Empire, the Greeks, the Romans, the English, the, I mean... Every century had a new winner, right? This century is going to be China. That's how it's going, okay, in my opinion. So for me, um, I mean, like your parents probably immigrated to the U.S. in the last, you know, in the 20th century because they were coming from Eastern Europe or they were coming from Ireland or they were coming from somewhere that didn't have economic advantages. So they left that behind and went to where the land of opportunity was. Now that land of opportunity is declining. you got to go find where where the next America is going to be. And I think the next America is a, is is China, okay? But I would not want to live in China for a number of reasons, which are more detailed than this video. Instead, I prefer Southeast Asia, which is developing rapidly. Um, it's going to soak up all the Chinese money in trade. It's going to soak up all the Chinese money in, in investment. It's similar to how, you know, my ancestors moved to Canada. Um, Canada existed and became prosperous because we were right next to the U.S. and, you know, our biggest trading partner. We had tons of U.S. investment. Uh, the U.S. protected us um, militarily. Um, and, you know, Canada might have been a, you know, a safer, safer option and, a, and a, a more stable option in some ways. So that's how I view Southeast Asia. It's, it's more pleasant. It's more content. The weather's better. Um, and, and you've got a lot of potential for, for development. And that's where I'm banking on. Like some guys are, some guys are going to Colombia. Some guys are going to South America. I'm looking more than just, you know, girls or lifestyle. I'm like, where's, where's the, where's the next, where's the next big thing? Okay. If you look at Jim Rogers, who's an excellent investor, he talks about like, if you were, if you were in the 1800s and you're a young guy looking for, for the move, you'd, you'd go to London. If it's the 1900s, you'd go to um, New York. If it's the 2000s, you go to China. For me, I don't want to live in China, so I'm living right next door and, and I'm going to soak up all that, um, 
appreciation that's that's going to be transferred to to the Southeast Asian countries. And and if I have children, I, I want them to be living in 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 the most stable, uh, wealthy places in the world, and I want to be in there early. Um, looking at Malaysia right now as as maybe the next big thing in Southeast Asia. Not sure 100, percent but but that's where your mind's going to be. Like, what's what's the next move? What's going to be the next America? Okay. Um, with that said, it, it doesn't mean leaving America forever. Asian countries might stall out 40 years from now when you're in your 60s or and whatever, and then you can buy into the American economy and, and move back. Okay. Um, with that said, the last thing is make sure you're ready. All right. It, it's not easy uprooting your life to Asia. It's not for everyone. And it's a big adjustment. If you watch my stuff, you, you see I never sell that digital nomad BS pipe dream work from the bull work from the beach okay you can see the nice weather that's outside 90% of my day I'm watching the nice weather from my window while I work on my business all my friends out here are the same like that whole doing your business on the back of your motorbike while you're riding through Asia in a tank top and you're on the beach is a lie okay those guys are lying to you they're selling you their highlight reel because they sell you a product around becoming a digital nomad and and starting some garbage drop shipping business that that makes them a thousand dollars a month but they're making 10 grand on selling you the panhandles in the gold rush okay it, it is not an easy thing to do it's not for everyone um i recommend 20 grand in savings and two grand a month in your business minimum like you're consistently making two grand a month uh before you move to like Southeast Asia and and the more the better guys. I mean the more the better ideally you're doing a hundred grand or something like that And you know, you got a lot in savings um, And I don't I don't recommend guys coming out here to live before they're 25 Like you got to get your consistency down your diet down. You got to be tough You know, you, you got to be playing the game to win you got to have savings You got to have a consistent revenue coming in in your business You got to be able to ignore all the girls and the cheap beer and be able to sit inside and do your work every day. Okay. This is not the, the digital nomad pipe dream that I'm selling. I'm, I'm telling you to become an entrepreneur and then uh, become an expat, you know, for the, for the potential tax benefits, uh, GR arbitrage and the income. And um, perhaps if you think the collapse is, is, is coming in your lifetime to prep for that and, and, and be in place for that and be set up prior to that happening. Okay. Number seven, number seven, consider op incorporating offshore. Okay. So something I, I go over in my financial plan. I also go over it in my article and video on go where you're treated best, which I recommend you checking out. If the U.S. collapses, I don't see a situation where they would take your business from you. Okay. Like if you own a U.S. business or you own a, an LLC in Delaware or Las Vegas or something, I don't see that they would take your business from you, but you never know. Um, what I do see is that corporate taxes would go up and if you incorporate offshore, okay, I'm telling you to do this all legally, by the way, where you're not hiding money offshore, but you incorporate offshore, you do it legally and you're living in the U.S., you're still responsible for paying taxes on that income. Um, but the reason I say to do that is if you are uh, planning to move offshore, you've moved offshore already and you're planning to be able to prove tax residency, um, then you'll have that hundred thousand first hundred thousand dollar exemption on tax breaks or exemption, and then you'll have tax breaks on on over a hundred thousand. At least that's the situation now. That might change in the future. Okay, 
and probably would change for the worse, but it's still a good move. Um, incorporating a Labuan gets you minimal tax on foreign sourced income, two-year renewable residency, entry into Malaysian banks. Um, ideally, the incorporating off offshore is if you're planning to move out of the U.S. Like, let's say you've got your business up and running a little bit. You can re-domicile it to maybe Labuan. You know, you, you pay a small amount of taxes. It's like either 3% on your foreign sourced income or something like $3,000 a year in advance that you're going to be moving there. Okay, Labuan's the offshore jurisdiction in Malaysia uh, where companies like AirAsia are incorporated. In, in advance that you're going to be moving there and planning to live in that country um, so that you're already getting your ducks in a row now in, in advance of, of that move. Um, you know, if, if there is a, an economic collapse, I would want to have as little ties in that country as, as possible, uh, especially if you're, if you're planning on moving out. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to have my business domiciled there. That's just me. Number eight, uh, prep for, for a hit, uh, prep for a business hit. Okay. Uh, I will expect my, a hit to my business. If, if the U.S. collapses, ideally, I will have a, stack, a ton of cash stacked by that time. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable now, but, uh, you know, I'm only stacking more. I mean, again, it goes back to point number two, folks. I'm getting rich now. As I said before, I'm staying inside all day, not, not drinking and chasing girls like I want to be with this beautiful weather outside, okay, because I'm here to work and I'm here to build. Um, you know... The question is, how do I turn that, that hit into a win, okay? Uh, because even though I'm a Canadian, even though I live outside of the U.S., 80% of my products are sold in the U.S. So if, if the U.S. takes a hit, I know that guys are going to have less money for self-improvement products. Again, one of the things I'm looking at, as I said before, uh, Malaysian real estate ownership, because then I got my living expenses done, stacking the cash, um, you know, the currency, all that stuff. But one of the things about incorporating a Labuan is it allows you to do business in Malaysia as well. You'll be taxed on that, although they have lower rates than North America. Uh, but you, I, I will be able to, to run a business there, maybe marketing or sales training, funding that through the cash that I'm making now. Okay, so then you've, number one, diversified your income away from the U.S., which is important. So getting offshore income streams, number two is the payment option. I'm prepping for the, the yuan as a reserve currency. In my mind, 15 or 20 years from now, I could be charging in yuan. I could be charging in some type of crypto, maybe charging in the U.S. or, or have all those options available. Um, so prep for that as well, for, for being able to accept different types of payments and, and being able to have bank accounts in, in whatever those uh, different different payments would be. Okay. Um and again, getting that money out of the U.S. and and you know I've moved, I've moved it into Thai baht. I've got a Canadian account. Uh, the second that foreigners can easily open up an account in, in Wong, I will have that as well or Renminbi. Um, especially if if China makes that real pay for that pet, play for that Petro one as we talked about. Number nine, consider a second residency and passport. One of the biggest problems in moving to somewhere like Asia is the visa situation. The good news is you can buy residency. Um, in Thailand, it's like 15 grand for a five-year elite visa, which gets you five years of, of multi-entry uh, um, visa there. 
Malaysia is much better with investment in a business. You can get that two-year residency. You can also get that My Second Home program where, as I said, 130K investment in property, 30 grand in bank account, which gets you a longer residency. With that said, there is difference between being able to be a resident there and your home country recognizing you as a tax resident that gets the tax breaks or potentially no tax. Um, but you have to look into the legality of that. That's more complicated, something that's covered in some of my other articles. The second part is an actual second citizenship or a second passport. Uh, that's much harder in Asia. It's it's impossible in, in Thailand, some of the Asian countries, it's a, easier. But ideally you want like a top tier uh, second passport if you can get one. Like uh, if, you, if you're Hungarian or Irish or Israeli, you can get those passports through your parents being born there or Irish, even your grandparents. Uh, my dad's Irish, so I'm looking to get an Irish passport. Irish passport to me is ideal because they, they have favorable tax laws. Uh, Google's set up over there. Um, also gets you entryway into, I can live anywhere in the European Union, which is super beneficial. Um, so I would look into getting one of those just to, to be able to have it as an extra layer of security. And it also gives you the extreme option of renouncing your US citizenship, okay? I'm, Can I'm Canadian, I don't see myself renouncing my Canadian citizenship, but the US has the long arm of the law everywhere and everyone reports to US countries. Um, with that said, it's a very extreme option today. I don't recommend it. You know, people at the world outside of the US would kill for a US passport right now. But if you're planning to leave in the future and then over the next five years, you get yourself like a second passport like the Irish one, it's something to consider if as the U.S. is pushing towards a collapse, they start cranking down on, on expats and making it difficult for you to, to get tax breaks and, and charging you full income and, um, you know, harassing you in different ways and making you, uh, you know, like right now you, you, you have some benefits. But if they start doing that or if they start, you know, not allowing you to live outside of the U.S., like they might pull you back into the country if they're if they're coming to a collapse. Like crazier things have happened. So, I'm not saying to do it now. I'm just saying keep an eye out, open for it. And if you have a second passport, it it, it gives you an option to do that. Okay. So, in conclusion, those are all just ideas to consider. There's a whole wide world open to you outside of the U.S., outside of North America. With that said, everything I outline in here is legal. I'm not recommending you to break any laws. The IRS is all over the world. They have reach in every country and you do not want to be on their bad side. I'll tell you that. Also, a lot of the ideas are, are I outlined are complicated. This is not financial advice. I recommend you speak to financial professionals. I recommend you speak to the best. Expect to pay. Okay. Expect to pay for it. Do all your research. Um, talk to the top tier expat lawyers and check out all the videos and articles, okay? Check out my full financial plan article. Check out my Go Where You're Treated Best article and video. Check out my article and vids on building uh, your service business and check out my man Andrew Henderson at nomadcapitalist.com and his Nomad Capitalist YouTube videos. He also is a guy, he's in my opinion, the best in the world at this stuff. He's also a guy that can help you set up your financial plan, but again, He's going to be expensive. Anyone who's good is going to be expensive. And uh, I don't have an affiliate commission with him. I just think he's really good. So hope you found that video useful. Again, not financial or legal advice. Do your homework. But um, keep your mind open and keep monitoring the situation. And uh, make sure that you got the mentality to play the game of life, man. Survive and thrive. 
That's how I see it. So let me know what you think in the comments section. Check me out, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, iTunes, Facebook, SoundCloud, website. I'm everywhere, man. Much love to you.